Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of On Sacred Land, conversations about indigenous artistic responses to environmental destruction. I'm Katie Childs, and I've created this podcast as an academic project at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. In these episodes, two guests and myself will be looking at the irreverence for and destruction of American Indian land through the lens of three different art mediums, photography, film, and poetry. Our intent is to bring awareness to how landscape spirituality, as understood by First Nations people, is often dismissed in favor of westernized utilization of North American land. We also discuss how this misuse and destruction is discrimination against indigenous people and reservations, given that, to many, the earth is the primary source of spirituality. We'll be rounding out this theme with each of these three episodes through the lens of a photography exhibit, a documentary, and a poem, all of these being created by indigenous artists. Our hope is that listeners will be encouraged to support First Nation artists and to learn more about these ecological issues, perhaps even looking into them on their own. I have partnered with two guests to create these episodes whom I would like to acknowledge. Richard Bine and Martha Stevenson. Richard is a classmate of mine who has engaged with each of these art forms at length, as well as explored the theme of American Indian land spirituality in academic writings, making him a wonderful source of critical and historical thinking. Martha is a UW-Whitewater librarian, a member of the Wisconsin Brothertown Indian First Nation, and a mentor for students involved with UW-Whitewater's Native American Cultural Awareness Association. Her expertise adds depth and insight to the discussions we have in this podcast. The online format of classes at Whitewater this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic has made it difficult to have dialectic conversations about classroom topics with peers. And this is something I and many others miss about in-person instruction. This project and the wonderful conversations I've had with Richard and Martha to create it have made up for that loss of casual, intellectual interactions with classroom material. So I offer sincere thanks to both of them for their willingness to partake in my project. So, now that I've given ample background for the goals of this podcast, we can jump into the first discussion. For this first episode, we will be describing and analyzing a photo collection by photographer Will Wilson. For those of you who have access to an internet source as you listen, I suggest going to our blog page for On Sacred Land at www.onsacredlandpodcast.wordpress.com to find links for the online art gallery in order to look at the photographs. Otherwise, I will try to describe the images as thoroughly as possible. Will Wilson is a Navajo photographer. This collection of his is titled Air, Autoimmune Response, and is a story starter for narratives of ecological deterioration and the fight for survival amidst the toxicity of misused landscapes. The photos are a conglomeration of uninhabited, seemingly polluted naturescapes. Will Wilson poses in the photos himself, wearing a gas mask and wearing disheveled, dirty clothing. We can tell his character is struggling to survive in this landscape, though we at first don't know why. Each photo takes us on a step of this journey with the character. 
from ocean to canyon to prairie to hogan to ocean again, we begin to see a pattern of disease emerge as we move through scenes. The character does not look healthy, nor does the land. Its yellowish hues hint at a fever of the most ambiguous kind. We start to understand that this is a reality in which the character struggles to live and, given the gas masks, we infer that this reality has something to do with environmental air pollution. The images continue to carry us from one irksome image to the next, bringing us into its sickly narrative, as if in order to understand its message, we must let the images possess us, as the character is letting them possess him. In an interview with the Santa Fe, New Mexico art gallery, Gerald Peters Contemporary, Wilson shared that this collection was meant to evoke a sense of post-apocalyptic uncertainty. Apocalypse, to most of us, refers to something far off from now. But to indigenous people, an apocalypse has already happened. The earth we are living on is already deteriorated from what it was before. The land we inhabit, and even the land we don't inhabit, has been changed irrevocably, and this is something Will Wilson attempts to bring awareness to in his collection. Wilson captured this theme by standing in uninhabited landscapes with a gas mask and editing the photos into yellowish, brownish, enigmatic hues evoking a sense of pollution and, as we said, apocalypse, disease, survival, contamination, sovereignty, toxicity. We get a glimpse that the land he's standing on is turning on him, changing in ways noticed far too late. The character is trying to make sense of his surroundings. He's trying to figure out what to do with the situation he's in. Wilson also makes reference to Navajo oral tradition with a photo in which he is mirrored into two brothers in the same frame. In an interview, Wilson shared that this is meant to represent the Navajo creation story in which a pair of twins rid the fourth world of monsters in order to make it habitable by mankind. There is an analytical article written by Michaela Reif about this exhibit. Reif wrote a wonderful description of the aforementioned photo of the two brothers, which is just Wilson mirrored, and I'd really like to just read what she wrote, since it's so great. She writes, Two men stare into the photographer's lens, locking eyes with the viewer. They stand back to back, both turning their faces toward us in three-quarter profile. Both wear white-collared shirts, with beaded necklaces visible around their necks. Both men have a caked yellow substance dripping down their faces, past their bloodshot eyes. The ominous presence of gas masks emphasizes the apparently toxic nature of the environment. The sky behind the men is heavy with dark clouds, obscuring distant mountains and casting a gray light on the low-lying water behind them. The water, or liquid if it is not water, lies still, nearly covering a ground that includes fence posts, implying that this was not a space intended for flooding. Small tufts of shrubbery and patches of dirt disrupt its surface. End quote. Also notable in this image, and as Reif mentions in her quote that I just read, are marks of paint on Wilson's mirrored face. Guest Richard Bine pointed out in our conversation that this paint, as well as his attire, 
make for an interesting theme in the photo and in Wilson's exhibit. There are a lot of different photos, but that's the one everyone seems to latch on to, the one that we looked at on the PowerPoint or the uh, in Canvas, that everyone seems to, to think exemplifies the, the whole uh, installation, the exhibition. Uh, that's the one that people seem to, to, to look at most. And uh, what what you're seeing there is these in there are two of them, and he's connected to himself with a gas mask to ward off the uh, uh, the pollution and whatever. The gas mask is symbolic of what you need to do to. Uh, keep from being polluted in a way, but you'll notice there are two of them, and you'll notice that uh, there are the marks, the uh, uh, marks of earth or whatever on his face with the uh, Indian patterns uh, sort of yeah. uh, on his face in both of them, but then you'll notice that uh, he has a, a crisp white shirt uh, and uh, suspenders on. Uh, you can see those in one corner. And so here he is with uh, a native face uh, with hair and whatever, but uh, he also uh, has uh, a white shirt, a business shirt, and suspenders uh, in uh, the modern world. So he's got a foot in both worlds, so to speak, in this. And, uh, I mean, I see that, and uh, his noting the, the destruction uh, of the land, I think, is uh, something that he's trying to say. Uh, he's trying to bring that, that idea to the, the modern world, the non-traditional Indian world to a, an international audience. Uh, I think uh, that's what his exhibition is doing. Yeah, I watched an interview with him and one of the art curators at the museum, and that was really interesting because he was talking about um, like the kind of post-apocalyptic theme and how he was trying to, like you said, bring that sort of land destruction, the reality of that to an audience that either isn't familiar with it or doesn't want to be familiar with it or whatever. Um, and, and he also talked about how he was sort of bridging a gap, kind of like we talked about a bridge between the spiritual and the material. He was bridging it between history and modern kind of like, like you said, with the suspenders and also the traditional um, head uh, makeup and sort of finding a middle ground between what is new and what is coming and also what is past um, and the inevitable changes and sometimes inevitable damage that comes along with change. Right, yeah, I mean, the, the word that you used, I think is used in the reviews, is post-apocalyptic. And uh, also, I think, uh, the reviews, uh, and I think from his own quotes in the reviews, he's saying that it's a, it's a, a journey 
uh, he's, he's looking at uh, his journey uh, as, as much as he's looking at uh, uh, the destruction of the land. What's, what's my journey through this, this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what does that mean? I mean, here I am. I'm in, in two worlds, but I, I'm, you know, in looking at the destruction of, of the land, which is my heritage, and uh, where exactly should I be? Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. I think he mentions that uh, he's sort of looking uh, at his journey. Did, yeah. Did you see that or notice that? Yeah. Definitely. I I definitely sort of interpreted the whole photo collection as a journey. Because, um, well, I, I told you I'm studying creative writing, so I tend to look at most things as like a story or a narrative. Um, and yeah, like just watching him in each scene as his own subject, as his own character, like looking at the land and trying to find his place in it and trying to find his journey, like you said, and where he belongs and where to go. Cause a journey always has an, an end or at least a resolving end. And it's like, he's kind of trying to figure that out in his new environment. If you look at photographs of uh, Indians in the 19th century of all of those noble characters, uh, Geronimo and, uh, I think, you know, Sitting Bull and all of those, uh, I think there's, uh, you know, Red Cloud, and those are all tin-type photos. Uh, that's what the technology was then. And uh, they all tend to be these uh, photographs of people who know they're being photographed and they're allowing it. They're not the capture-the-moment kind of photographs. And so what he's trying to do, I think, with uh, doing tin-type photos is he's trying to uh, reclaim the identity of, uh, of Indians by having an Indian photograph other Indians uh, to give a new interpretation to their identity and who they are. I think that was kind of, is kind of what he was saying there. Uh, with, with doing those photographs, and there are hundreds of them, and he's, he's been doing those for quite some time. But That's they're cool. of uh, modern Indians, a lot of them. Uh, so there's this sort of, this is where we were back then, but this is where we actually are now. So it's like what we were discussing, I think, in class. Uh, uh, Indians aren't in the past. They're in the present. And he's giving a pictorial representation in these ten types of who they actually are now. Will Wilson's advocative photography starts conversations about lasting ecological battles between Native communities and Americans, such as building, fracking, and mining. Such toxic utilage of the land pollutes the air and water surrounding Indigenous communities, as well as delegitimizes their sacred land and their spirituality. With his photo collection and the awareness it brings to the loss of environmental reverence and its effects on humanity, 
Wilson and First Nation artists like him are paving the way for changes in land relations as well as how American Indians are represented in art. So that wraps up today's discussion. You're listening to On Sacred Land, conversations about indigenous artistic responses to environmental destruction. Thanks for listening and tune in for the next episode when we'll be discussing the documentary In the Light of Reverence. Be sure to check out our website in the meantime, www.onsacredlandpodcast.wordpress.com to read episode transcripts, view associated photos and images, and learn more about our project.